Welcome to the Experience Oriented Fitness Podcast, where we explore how our experiences can be a powerful source of insight into how we create fitness results that last a lifetime. I'm your host, Coach Caleb, and on today's episode, I am joined by fellow coach Heather Adams for a discussion about living our fitness journey based on what we desire and not out of obligation or what we think we should be doing. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Experience Oriented Fitness Podcast. Today I am joined by colleague, I I don't know, I always say colleague with the online fitness space, and Instagram friend, Heather Adams. Uh, This is our first time speaking, but um, I know Heather through Instagram, um, and we both have similar education with N1 education, Um, so... And then I like what Heather has to say. So I invited her on and here she is. Heather, why don't you say hello and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, Yes, this is our first time meeting, but I do feel like we've known each other for forever because, you know, (laughs) N1 brings everyone together. Um, And Instagram, apparently. We were just talking about how um, you shouldn't, you know, they used to say we shouldn't meet strangers online, but now it's totally acceptable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yes, I'm Heather Adams. Um, I am a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach. Um, we do have a similar background with N1 Education. We know a lot of the same people. I live in the Bay, San Francisco Bay Area with my family, and I have six kids. And um, I train um, people mostly online. I have a, a group training that I do, and then I do a lot of one-on-one coaching And I'm actually a little later to this whole fitness game. I've always been into fitness. I've like was an avid runner and all of those different things. And then like once my kids started getting older, I was like, well, let's just put a ring on this situation and and let's be awesome. And so that's when I found N1 and all you wonderful people. So it's been a really fun, wild ride for the last few years. So I was actually thinking the other day, I was like a few years ago, I would never have thought I would be like being guests on various podcasts and doing all the things that we're doing. So, you know, the internet is a wild place. (laughs) It definitely is. I, uh, a few years ago, I was doing banking. So I definitely didn't think that I would be uh, starting or hosting a podcast, which I still really can't believe. But yeah, the internet really, it brings out things in people. I don't know if it's the best or the worst. We'll see. Well, yes, I think there's definitely a, a mixed bag. But Um, I actually do think it's pretty amazing that you can pivot really so quickly in life and decide, I want to do something else. And it can happen pretty fast if you put your mind to it and your resources and time. And so, yeah, you could still be banking, but here you are. Yes, yes, thankfully. And talking to me, so. (laughs) Yes, what a treat. Honestly, (laughs) I said it so sarcastically, but it is true. It's like, I love that I can, you know, meet so many different people. And like, even though we have a similar background, um, what I'm so interested to hear about today and get into is really, you know, what your unique experience of living, right? Like we've had different experiences, um, how that shapes like your lens on the topic that we're going to cover today. Um, so I love that. So sarcasm aside, um, (laughs) it's okay. I was being slightly, slightly sarcastic too. So (laughs) excellent. And we can continue to do that and no one will know when we're serious. 
I actually once, sorry, this is, I'm, this will be a winding road. Everyone already knows that though. I once listened to a podcast uh, where the host had like a comedian on and it was a fitness podcast and they did the entire thing like facetiously and sarcastically to the point where like 45 minutes later, you're like, what? what was being said because they were basically just like saying the opposite of everything they meant and no one would like call an end to the joke so uh yeah that was fun well we could try that do you want to try that i don't (laughs) okay fine fine. i will be so lost in it and uh and then you know if my listeners are anything like me they'll hate me by the end of it um but So we were kind of throwing some ideas back and forth in our Instagram chat um, where our friendship has resided for maybe a year um, in in time. But we were throwing some ideas around and you brought up a really interesting point. And like as soon as you said it, I was like, yes, this is amazing. Um, And that was around the idea of desire versus and what we desire versus... um, like I should statements, right? And this kind of feeling of obligation as we go through our lives and, you know, with respect to fitness. So why don't you lead us into that a little bit and explain kind of what you meant when you were telling me about that? Yeah, I've actually been thinking a lot about desire versus obligation lately. Also along those lines, um, about personal freedom, and so I think a lot of the times when we're in this I should mentality or I or obligating feeling obligated to things, I think that I think I mentioned this too, there's sort of like chains that bind us, right? Um oftentimes when I have women come to me um with goals, I'll ask them, what are your personal goals? And almost a hundred percent of the time it's I think I should lose weight or I should get fit or I should do this or that. And I will usually respond with, okay, but what do you want to do? What do you desire to do? And um, that is a much harder question for them to answer. I think many people don't actually know what they desire. And we were kind of talking about this before, about these like collective values that we adopt from the world around us of the things that we should do, but don't often really think deeply about what we actually desire to do. And um, so I've been thinking a lot about that and in my personal life as well. I've had quite a journey in that regard. Um, You know, I've been a stay-at-home mom for 20 years, raising six kids, and I think I toggled between a lot of obligation and desire And um, when I am in a desiring space, and this is um, a part of me that I have only really come to realize and understand about myself in the last few years, I am filled with so much more joy and creativity and purpose. And when I'm in a state of obligation, I don't feel those things. I feel very bound, very resentful. you know, I don't feel very motivated to do the things I want to do. And in all honesty, as like motherhood is a perfect example of this, um, you can do the same things, right, when you're a mother. And you can do them with two different mindsets. Like, so I still need to take care of my children and take care of my family and do all of those things because, you know, they they need me. But 
if I do it from a place of desire versus a place of obligation, those tasks feel very different for me, you know? And so um, I think we can approach fitness the same way, right? When we are approaching wanting to be physically fit and we're doing it from a place of desire, like I want good things for my body. I want, I love myself. I deserve these things. Then the tasks that are before us feel more like a fun discovery. Um, you know, like I am excited to learn how to eat well. I'm excited to learn how to move my body and learn these different things versus this, I guess I need to go to the gym. I should try to, you know, starve myself down to a certain body, things like that. And so I just keep seeing this theme over and over and over again. And now that I see it, I can't unsee it. <laughs> right? It's everywhere. And so um, that that's what was kind of on my mind when you asked me about that, because I thought, well, perfect. I yeah, this has been churning through my mind for recently and, and really for years. So yeah. And I think there are so many ways to think about that and kind of unpack it, right? Like you had mentioned, it can present itself in the way we do things, right? Like it could be like, um, I should eat healthy versus I want to, right? And it's kind of like that initial at the kind of like fork in the road moment. But it also can present itself, you know, if we're using this analogy of a fork in the road in a journey of like, what is it that we're journeying towards too? Uh, and where does that desire or where does that... Um, that feeling or that goal come from, right? So, you know, you would said like starving ourselves to shrink ourselves down, you know, we could be receiving a collective value that we need to occupy a certain amount of space or look a certain way or behave a certain way. Um, and, you know, we, we see this, I think, even in food, like this whole dichotomous thinking around food being good or bad or healthy. It's like, well, there's a virtuous, value signal that when we eat healthy we are morally superior whatever healthy means right and so I really and I think like you know if you kind of listen to the podcast or you know me much you know that how I like to dig into these things and kind of do thought experiments around them so when you told me that I was like this is infinite this has so many um so many different pathways but Let's talk about a little bit, like we will definitely need to zone in on one of those. So let's start with the idea of like when you have someone come to you and they're saying like, I want to lose weight. Um, how do you, and then like asking them, like, what do they want? How do you approach that? Or like, what's like a typical scenario that unfolds from there, right? Like I come to you, I'm like, Heather, I want to lose weight or, or I feel I should lose weight. And you're like, what do you want? And then what kind of transpires there? Well, I mean, that's the tricky thing, right? Because that's a harder question for most people. And actually, it's a really vulnerable question because that would require them to share some really deep innermost thoughts that can feel risky and exposing to actually say what it is they want. Um, and so it, you know, it typically goes one of two ways. Either they are pretty set on like the thing that they should be the thing they desire, and maybe they are one in the same, you know, so we kind of work on that a little bit. Um, but then also sometimes when I really like dig in, I've had a lot of people say, you know what, I, 
I, and this actually happened recently. I had um, a client do a check-in and she, you know, we're really focusing right now on just, you know, maintaining. She just came to me. She comes from a past of a lot of like, she, she did contests and she, you know, just is in this con- kind of really wrecked herself up a little bit during mm-hmm. the process. And yeah. we're just working on some good foundational, getting her body back into a healthy place. And she seemed okay with that at first. And then she kind of came back to me and was like, I really, I just really want fat loss. I really want fat loss. And I just want to get leaner. And I said, okay, well, I understand that. But, you know, this is what, you know, this is what you said you really wanted was to get healthier. Are you falling back into what you should be doing? And she, she recognized that, you know, so I think sometimes it's hard for people to pull it apart and you kind of have to help them get back into this mindset of really like looking hard at themselves. Are you, is this what you desire or is this what you think you should do? And really when it came back down to when I re-asked her the question and she kind of sat with that for a moment, she said, you're right. I don't want to go into fat loss right now. You know, this isn't really going to fit with my life right now and it doesn't fit with my goals right now. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, I never try to talk anybody into anything. I think I try to ask questions that help them to dig into their own mind a little bit more and to take a little bit more time with themselves. Um, yeah. It, it, it's a, it's, it's a longer game. It would be much easier if I told them what to do. Right. Yeah. Oh, but, yes. But when you talk people into doing things, um, it always, it never turns out well. No. It never turns out well. People do so much better when they are cultivating their own personal autonomy and choosing for themselves. Um, but you can, um, my husband and I always joke that like with our kids, we'll play Inception. We just kind of like plant an idea yeah. and then let them sort of ruminate on that for a while. And then they'll come back to us and be like, you know, um, I actually think this would be a great idea. I'm like, oh, that is a good idea. Good job. <laughs> oh, Way to man, come that's, up with that. <laughs> that's so tricky. I, I wish that my parents inceptioned me. They didn't. They were way less tactful. <laughs> <laughs> so honestly, so are mine. <laughs> yeah. They're a little more straightforward, but that was like 80s parenting for you, I think. So. Yeah. Well, so first of all, Heather, you are in the right place. I think like um, as far as my personal style um, of coaching and kind of I think what listeners really resonate like listeners of this podcast resonate with is this idea of like personal autonomy and really it's it's honestly a I think it's a responsibility of the coach at some point to be like I don't actually know better than you I don't know you better than you but what I can do is provide you with like the directions obviously as coaches you know, we have N1 education, we know nutrition, those type of things. We know, and we talked about this, fitness is rather simple. We know, you know, calorie deficit for fat loss, calorie surplus for muscle gain. There's, of course, nuance. But we don't know what's going on with someone. And I think that as a coach, the most responsible thing to do is often to give that person space to figure it out. And like you said, you're not going to really tell people what to do. And I find that that's like, I say that a lot. And whenever I say it, I'm just like, oh man, people are going to think that I don't like, what am I doing as a coach? But it really is. It's about creating space because when someone comes to me 
And, you know, to use that example that you gave where you're working on maintenance and then, you know, the fat loss bug starts coming and they're like, I want to use fat loss. Usually what I'll say is I'm like, okay, like I hear you, you know, I I hear it all. And then I'm kind of like, look, this is the way I see it. How willing are you to be uncomfortable right now? Hmm. And, And that discomfort is about, I want fat loss, something in me wants fat loss, right? Or something is telling me I should have fat loss. And what I like to do is kind of be like, well, you know, I'm actually not even going to let the decision really happen. We're just going to sit in the muck and see how that feels. And, you know, the, and that's the beauty of fitness, I think, is we can engage because it, it really pokes so many buttons, right? It's, it's not just about like, Like if you're like, eat this much food, it's not just about like executing a plan to eat that much food because all of a sudden you're driving your kids home and they want to go for ice cream or they want McDonald's or whatever it is, right? Or you've had a terrible day. I shouldn't say this, but yesterday, like I texted my wife, um, like right before I went into my last session of the day and I was like, can I order sushi for dinner? I want to rage eat responsibly. (laughs) Um, It's like, but we all deal with it. Right. And it's like, those things are going to happen. And uh, I don't even know where I'm going with this anymore, but um, I just love that you're rage eating sushi and you need um, your wife to be there to make sure you're okay somehow. (laughs) Well, it it was more about like, you know, just like, I don't want to, So this is another, I'm just going to like sewer myself on the podcast. It's like, I'm kind of a sushi snob. Like I'm not really, but it's like, I'm not going to go to the grocery store and get the sushi. It's just not worth it. Oh no, no, no. We're on the same page with this one. Yeah. Do you know I'm going to Japan in two weeks and I am most excited about the sushi. I am like so thrilled to be eating sushi in Japan. See, and that's the, the interesting thing I find. Like we have one restaurant in Calgary that is just like, unbelievable sushi and you would think like when I first tried it I was like this is gonna ruin sushi for me like I'm never gonna be able to come back from this but now I have faith that like when you go to Japan it won't even register on like the sushi scale of what you know and love it's just gonna be this other thing that can never be attained I will Um, keep it in Japan and just know it only has to be in Japan (laughs) yes but um the the text was more for like i'm about to spend like way too much money on a single meal for one person do you have any reservations about this right like and You're also like heads consent. up Yeah, exactly. It's like, heads up, there's going to be a lot, like a big bill here. And you're going to be like, did you take people out for dinner? I'm like, no, I had way too little of an amount of sushi. Um, But, you know, basically what I'm saying is like, there is this, like by engaging with fitness, we can get this kind of feedback. And that can kind of unravel what we desire. I think that a lot of people don't really know, right? And it's kind of like this, you you had presented a really cool kind of balancing act, right? Of like, they know that they kind of, on one hand, they know that they want to do maintenance, but on the other, there's something. And it might not be like, for instance, it might be a, I should from a cultural perspective and the need is like a compliant need or a pleasing need. We don't know. We're not psychologists. We can't get into that. But what we can do is hold space and then by engaging in fitness, let that kind of come to light. Because I think if let's say you were like, yeah, let's do fat loss. Let's do it. It would be kind of a rude awakening in those 
senses. And so that's kind of the approach that I like to take is, um, you know, really just opening up space and letting people have, like you said, autonomy over what they're doing. Right. And um, I often will tell, I think it's interesting, the diet culture, you know, phenomenon where there's been a lot of like anti-diet um, and, and I've had to like really come to some come to Jesus moments about all of that. I think all of us as coaches have to do that a little. And I realized it's, I, I liked when you were talking about attaching morality, I think that's what you were trying to yeah. say, um, morality to different ideas. And yes. I really fi- have thank found you. it very powerful. <laughs> I didn't mean to be patronizing. No, there. but thank you for catching the thread that I completely lost. <laughs> no, Sorry no. for interrupting. <laughs> but um, I found it really powerful to neutralize about everything. And, you know, and food and dieting, I have neutralized. And instead of saying it is good or it is bad, it is neutral. And my decisions around it make it either a powerful source in my life or a, you know, a detrimental one in my life. And I think we've all seen where food can be wonderful and our choices around it can be wonderful or it can be something that kind of brings us down. We used to cope. We used to rage eat sushi or whatever it <laughs> <Yeah>. is. <laughs> Not that that was bad. Maybe that was a good thing. You know, maybe that was the thing you needed. But um, and and I think that goes along with fitness as well. Um, you know, I think a lot of people like want to just say, oh, being you know, like fat loss is either good or bad, right? And I'm like, well, it depends. It's the how and why you do it that makes it either good or bad in your life. And in the case of, you know, this one client going back to her, it in this time of her life, it would not, I personally didn't think it would be a good thing, but I wanted her to decide that, you know? And I think the best coaching relationship and honestly, the best relationship period is a collaborative one. And so I think that's my goal always as a coach is to not have like obedient little puppies that do exactly what I tell them to do because, and, and I honestly approach my children the same way. My goal isn't to have obedient little puppy children that just do exactly what I want them to do all the time. That would make it easier for me as a coach and a mother, but it doesn't help me to develop the qualities and kind of people that can sustain themselves. And that is that my overarching goal always, as I'm sure is yours, is to help my clients develop habits and discover who they are and what they really want so that all of these wonderful skills that we're trying to work together to build, they can take on with them to really have a really fulfilling, lovely, well-balanced life. That's the whole goal across the board um, with everyone. And they feel better in the process. And I definitely feel better in the process when we collaborate together to make that happen. And so I feel like my job, of course, I can, I use my toolbox of like things I know about fitness, which are very helpful. But the most important tool in that toolbox is being able to ask the right kind of questions and help them discover who they are and what it is that they want because they're just going to thrive when they do that. I know I do. But when I'm in this, in this going back to obligation versus desire, when I'm in an obligation framework, I'll do things, but, and I may get the same results, at least initially, you know, as I mean, like I may get like changes to my body or whatever, but um, typically they're not long lasting. You know, you can, you can kind of like hang in with something for a little while 
And then you're just like, geez, I never even wanted that in the first place. I hate all of this. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that's so interesting because I kind of have a personal belief and I think that I've experienced this and I've seen it with people um, is that if you stifle kind of who you are, mm-hmm. right? And, and so you're going to be compliant, you're going to obey whatever shoulds and obligations that are coming at you, and you don't really give a critical lens to understanding how they fit with you, over time, there's going to be like a pressure building. And I mean, like, I mean, I guess I always like to say, like, when people are talking about like changing and growing through life, I, I always like to think of it as like, we're not really changing. We're just like, if if we are on a true path of growth, we're just becoming more who we are and learning how to express ourselves more fully. Mm-hmm. And for me, fitness is about learning how we can express ourselves through fitness. How does Caleb appear by engaging in fitness? And I have a belief that if I engage in fitness in a way that is a manifestation of who I am, then I will get like reap the rewards, right? Because I am acting as myself and then we know, right? Like if I build muscle, I'm going to age better. You know, I'm going to move better as I age. I'm going to have a higher likelihood of good body composition, all these things, right? But I think that um, by stifling that down, the sustainability gets lost because eventually it's just going to explode, right? Like we're just going to have to be ourselves. But if we don't really understand how to do that in fitness, there is no like anchor to sustain with, right? Like you you don't really have that gravitational pullback to the habits because they are not aligned with you, right? So if it's like, if I'm always obligated, like, and you know, we've talked about discipline and stuff before. And I think that that's like the main danger I see with discipline is what if I discipline myself to the obligation, right? So it's like, I feel like I should lose fat. Well, I'm just gonna, and I've done this so many times personally, but it's like, oh, I feel like I should lose fat. So I'm going to now discipline myself in all of those ways. And then, you know, we, I think we know how that ends versus being like, this is my desire. This is an intrinsic value system by engaging with this. I'm kind of manifesting who I am into the world. And to me, that creates sustainability. And as we discover those pieces, we just build, 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 build our lifestyle around it. And then I also think it just fits better with our lives, right? Because if we have values of family and we're trying to honor our values in fitness, they will necessarily have to work together and and not gonna, they're not going to clash. Yeah, I, I also think it's interesting. Um, I like I like that idea of, you know, this act of becoming, right? And then it aligns um, with the things that we are, you know, it manifests itself in the things that we're wanting to do. I think sometimes people, when they hear the discussion of desire, like if I only do the things I desire, that they will just like end up just like hanging out, eating bonbons, watching like movies all the time. And um, I don't think that that's true. I actually think that the things that we desire are going to require a lot of, I mean, honestly, they do require discipline, but a different kind of discipline than I think that people traditionally think of. I think sometimes when people think about discipline, they think of just like white, you know, like I'm just going to do it. You know, I'm obligated. I'm going to do it. It actually requires like a discipline of the mind to, to be connected to your desire and to be able to align yourself with your desires. Um, because it's not easy, 
you know, living in um, a desire-based life, pursuing desire is actually not an easier life. It, re it does require its own type of discipline, but it's mental discipline, which is different than I think, you know, this gritting ourselves through and doing all these things we should do. Um, it, um, my husband said something the other day, he goes, well, I was actually, he said, I think sometimes people need to go to the, like the, the gym for the mind. <laughs> And because I was telling him about, um, I got a question from one of my app members who was telling me about how she, you know, like she's really struggled with some disordered eating and she, um, she knows all the things she should be doing, but she just can't do them. And I said, well, I, I don't know you personally cause she's just an app member and not one of my one-on-one -on -one clients. Um, but I said, I would say that it sounds like you know all the things that are going to get you results. I would ask yourself why you're not doing them because it probably is a symptom of a more of an emotional issue that you're dealing with. And I think that's, I think that's the thing is people start with trying to will their bodies into health. I think you were talking about that instead of being able to get their mind in a healthy place. And I think if our mind can be in a healthy place and aligned with our values and our desire, everything else falls into place. I think the hardest part is getting our our mind into a place where it is um, healthy and strong and aligned with who we really want to become. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, so when we talk about that, and I, and I agree, like disciplining I think that it's interesting in that, like in the context that you presented it to, because I think that, you know, you're right, it does take a discipline. For instance, it takes discipline to constantly kind of like turn back inward and question like, what do I want, right? Like that's an act of discipline in the same way that it's an act of discipline to maybe go in a direction that might be scary and that we didn't think that we should do, but we know we want, right? And I think it's important too to you had kind of mentioned like um that when we talk about desire you know you could just like eat candy all day and there's like i think people are wondering like well am i just being hedonistic if i'm constantly doing that but i think that it's really interesting is that and i think that one thing that i personally separate is like the intrinsic like becoming and kind of co-creating of who you are as you go through life is deeper than like your ego desire um and so i think it's important and i know like we're kind of now digging into the depths um but <laughs> have to we lost me, a bunch of people now they're like oh yeah, my they're goodness. like ego <laughs> oh no they're like no hedonism i'm out but i guess i personally view there to be you know, maybe an intern, like there is something in me that I am not conscious of that has a, I don't want to say agenda, but like a, a polarity that kind of pulls me, right. Or pushes me in different directions. And I think that that's where working with our bodies, working with what resonates with us, kind of pulling in these, you know, what some may call irrational or what I prefer to call like trans rational, basically, they're not logic driven, 
cues and and feedbacks um, that can help us to discern what it is that we actually desire, right? Like what resonates with you? How does that feel for you? What is your, like, what sensations are you getting? Because I think that there's also this idea of like, and always the like thing that comes up in my head when we talk about becoming who we want to become, I'm often like, well, I wanted to become a successful investment banker. And that just drove me into misery, right? And it's like, there's that tangling of like shoulds, right? Like I should be wealthy. I should have status. I should provide a certain lifestyle for my family, all of these things. And, you know, if I were to ignore whatever internal signals are coming up, then, um, you know, I don't think that I would have, I think I would have become what I thought I wanted to become. Right. It's messy. No, it it is. It's really interesting. And I, I, the, the word that kept coming up in my mind as you were talking about that was curiosity. I think it's just, I think part of being in touch with our personal desire is being wildly curious about ourselves and the world around us and being, being willing to take different directions, open a door, close another one. Um, I had another interesting conversation with someone yesterday and she said, I'm, I, you know, I've done all sorts of things, but I just have never been able to stick with one thing. And I said, maybe they weren't the right things for you. And she was like, oh, because I think in her mind, she had identified herself as a quitter. But everything that I had learned about her in the very short conversation I was having was telling me that she is not a quitter. She was a very, she's like a very passionate person, very dedicated to her family, to her job, all of these different things. And I said, you know, it's okay. It's okay to quit things sometimes. There is a value in quitting things sometimes. That to me shows me that you know what it, what's working for you and what's not, that you're a very self-aware person. And she said, oh, I'd never thought about it that way before. And I said, no. And, and clearly, and she's like become just very passionate about biomechanics and wanting to learn more about the body and has like gone all in, like she outfitted her whole gym. And I was like, and clearly you're a very dedicated person because you found the thing that you want and you found yourself a coach and you've like done all the things. So I think it was just, really interesting to see this person that was not recognizing that she was actually very in touch with her own desires. She had just framed it in a whole different way. And um, it was really exciting to see her really passionate about something and pursuing more growth. And I always tell my kids, just because you pick one path doesn't mean you can't then choose another. I think that's just you becoming, you know, that co-creator, right? With the world around you to create something that really works. You know, there are times that we have to, you know, that we desire things that are still hard, right? Like, like going back to motherhood, hard, very hard. But I desire to create a life for my family that is wonderful. I desire to take care of them. Like that was what I chose. And so coming, you know, that desire comes with some things that are hard. And so I think going back to when people think desire means just being hedonistic, I think true desire is not hedonistic at all. I actually think it's incredibly expansive and incredibly hard, um, but also just incredibly beautiful. It just feels so much better than being in this frame of obligation um, because I've done a lot of things with obligation and it's 
not so much fun. And I'm not fun to be around when I'm in a place <laughs> of obligation. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can, we can always ask my wife, but I'm sure that I was not fun to be around when I was a banker. <laughs> um, and oddly, she is a banker. So it's like there was a very stark separation of what it looks like to like it and not <laughs> oh yeah so she but... knows well I was gonna say one more thing Caleb that I just before because my brain tends to lose me and it brings me back to this quote that I heard recently that I cannot stop thinking about and I'm gonna um, not maybe not get it right but um, I heard this quote that said self uh, resentment is the product of self-betrayal yeah and I just thought that that was so interesting because I think when we are feeling resentment in our life, maybe resentment towards the things we're pursuing, it is a result of our self-betrayal, betrayal against who we know we want to become. And and I think, um, or maybe, you know, choosing things that we knew we didn't really want in the first place. Um, so I just think that that's an interesting little crumb trail to follow whenever you're feeling resentment is thinking was, you know, to look to see, and you'll usually find a level of self-betrayal when you're feeling resentful. It's really interesting that you bring that up because it's also something that I was thinking about in a little bit of a different way. And, you know, whenever I hear things where we're talking about the self in that way, I always for I always question in my mind, I'm just like, how much do we know ourselves? Mm. Um, and basically, it leads me to say, like, can we betray ourselves unknowingly? And and I, it's in a similar vein. But there is this conversation kind of happening about integrity and what integrity is. And uh, they were saying, like, integrity is doing what you say you'll do. Mm. And then I had, like, and I think that that comes in with the self-betrayal, right? But it's like, if I were to say I'm going to be a banker for two years, and then going down that path, eventually, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, to me, to have continued to do that would have been self-betrayal, right? Because there's this underlying thing. And I, I think that what's so interesting, and again, this is like, I think kind of like the crux of this conversation is that these things are not necessarily meant to be fig to have had already figured out. They are figured out as we go through this, right? Because, you know, you may not know when you're betraying yourself in the moment, right? right. Or betraying that like internal thing in you that is driving you towards a goal. And um, yeah, I'm just kind of musing about it. And I think that uh, I've been a little all over the place in this episode because you've really hit some like thoughts for me that are like very deep. And so I'm like getting lost in the void of my own mind. But I do love that, like that self-resentment is self-betrayal. But the thing is, you're not always going to be able to just never betray yourself because you may not know until, like, we don't know if it's the chicken or the egg. Did we betray <laughs> ourselves and know that and then become resentful because we know we betrayed ourselves? Or is the resentment the cue that you need to, like, look over your shoulder and be like, where, at in what point did I make a decision that went against who I am? Well, uh, yeah, that's an interesting question. Like I was thinking about you as a banker, because I don't think initially when you made the choice to become a banker, that was a product of self-betrayal. 
I don't, mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like it, right? But self-betrayal may start to happen when you continue down the course knowing that's not really what you want, but you're doing it out of obligation. And so I, I think that there's, I think, I think if we really are attuned with our with our mind and our feelings. Like there's a, it's hard for me to even explain, but I'm like, there's a certain feeling that comes to me when, and I almost know it instantly and I'm getting better when I'm really attuned. I know it instantly when I'm, when I'm um, in the mind of, uh, in the frame of self-betrayal, like you can just feel it. And you know, when I say yes to something, I know I shouldn't say yes to, or no, just, you know, I can just like that, that gut feeling, I don't know, I can, I'm, just, I'm like touching my stomach now. I'm like, yeah. you know, you just feel it, right? When you're self-betraying. Um, you know, I mean, I'll be honest, when you asked me to be on the podcast, I initially wanted to say no because it made me feel nervous. And I felt that feeling. And I was like, well, that would be betraying myself because I really do desire the opportunity to get to know you better, to be on this podcast with you, you know? And so you start to recognize it as you become more aligned with who you are and 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 are able to catch it faster but that just comes over time and it comes through a lot of um a lot of self-betrayal right like a lot of (laughs) you learn from betraying yourself enough times that you're like "Mm, i don't love the way this feels and i'm going to choose something else now yeah to bring this back to fitness so that we can say we talked about it. It's like, how are you ever going to know how close you're working to failure if you never actually go to failure? Right. It's kind of the same thing, right? And the, the thing that I love about this conversation is that I think at the end of the day, it's not about necessarily the way that you act every step of the way what it is about is having compassion and grace for yourself Mm. as you go through this and understanding that you are imperfect that you are human and that I like for me the point of life is just to like live it and then kind of learn you know like when was I acting in accordance with who I am and what resonated with me and like I know we're talking about a little bit of a softer thing, right? Like a more subtle idea of like, you know, there's something beyond me that is indicating, you know, like that if I feel into my body, I can get some wisdom from that and I can get some intelligence that is beyond my mind in a little bit of a way. But I do think that that's really important. And I think that, like you said, as you go through things, you start to kind of get closer to that. And eventually it does become something like when I asked you to be on the podcast and you were like, no, at first, but before you made that decision, right? Like it shows now you actually can use it to make decisions. And I think that that's what I try to do with fitness too, with people is we're trying to build internal resources. I often talk to people, I'm like, so often in the fitness industry, you get in really great shape, but then you go off on your own and something happens. And now you realize that your skill was running a coach's process. Mm. That's what you learned. You learned how to listen to your coach well versus learning to listen to yourself. And I Mm. think that like we can really boil that down by listening to our body and doing a lot of what we've talked about, about trying to get to values, trying to get to what we really desire to inform our day-to-day decision-making and, and have fitness be more sustainable. Right. I love that. And I do think that once we do that work, right, it's going to align with all the things that we really do want. I mean, I do think that when we align ourselves to our higher selves, 
that we will become a healthier person. We will become a nicer person, a kinder person, a more generous person. I really do think our higher self wants all of those things. And so when we're saying align yourself with your desire, those really, I think they are still are going to yield like things, better things than you probably even could have imagined for yourself. But that's the pretty amazing thing about being a human is that it just takes a lot of learning and time and growth. And there's a lot of beauty in that. And I think, you know, as I've gotten older, I have become a lot more compassionate towards myself and towards my previous self. Even the mistakes that I've made, I actually am just so grateful for them. And and because they have led me here. Um, so I think it is all about the way that we look at things um, and knowing ourselves really well and just being so compassionate to ourselves and to other people as they're trying to figure it out too. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, we could die. We could like, there were like a couple of their avenues that I was like, oh, no, yeah. Heather, no. <laughs> <laughs> and this I is mean... not a two hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> And it's funny because, you know, I think that these conversations, they, they do, they can branch so many places. And you and I have even had personal conversations about like, where does our responsibility and our scope as coaches end? And I think that you can see just in our discussion here, how easy it is to start like kind of hypothesizing and getting into these grander things. Um, Because I mean, like, man, you could take this discussion to like the metaphysical realm or like theology <laughs> or whatever, because it is in it. And, and I think that that's the point is it's integrated. And that's why we need to honor individual people more than their physiology, right? For, for who they are. And like you were saying, like your higher self and, um, you know, not everyone's going to resonate or have the same idea of whatever the, when you say higher self, whatever image comes up for that, right? Everyone's got it different. And, you know, some people will probably be like, no, and some people, you know, whatever. But I think that at the end of the day, there's something that makes us all uniquely individual. And that is what we're trying to kind of get out of this. And again, I mean, even as I'm talking, I'm like, man, now I'm going off on a tangent again. We've kept no structure here and we could just dive into another two-hour episode. Well, I, um, I'm not going to take us on another tangent, but it just reminded me of the phrase. I'm a, maybe I will. But real quick, it reminded me of the phrase when you're talking about our higher self, another way that you can phrase it. I heard in a book by Liz Wiseman. She writes a book called Multipliers. And she talks about leadership, but she said some of the best leaders in the world are multipliers and and one of their core qualities is that they are able to recognize the native genius in those around them and bring out the best in them. And I think when we talk about like what my our scope is as a coach, right? Like we're not therapists. I think sometimes people might think we are. <laughs> it gets a little blurry sometimes, but we're not. But a good coach can look at the native genius of the find the native genius of the people that come to them and bring out the best in them. And that doesn't, and, and that never comes through orders or, you know, being like these little obedient puppies. It's by helping them recognize that need, native genius in themselves and they bring it out in themselves. And it's a really hard skill that I'm still trying to develop, but as I get better and better at it, I just see, oh, it's just so exciting. It's just so exciting to see people discover just the amazingness in themselves because everybody has it. 
everybody has a native genius. Everybody has goodness in them. Everyone has a higher self. And I like just know that with every little core of my being because I keep seeing it over and over again. It's what makes my job as a coach just so amazing. So love it. And I think a great way to kind of end this is, um, and I think you'll, you've kind of alluded to this, Heather, and, and you'll likely agree, but like, you know, I can get results for people. I can get you to look good in a photo. But when someone kind of finds that thing and they, they really stumble on like, yes, this is, this works for me. This is working. And it's like, I can do this forever. And it's me there something really amazing comes from that and it's truly like i think that's why i do what i do and i think that's why people work with me is because of those experiences um but it sounds like you coach from that same you know method is you want to give space you know and it sounds like you parent that way too um <laughs> which is so cool because i don't think many people do um, but it's um it's, you know my younger my older kids did not experience the same kind of parenting as my younger kids did so we always joke that they're my, our beta versions and the younger yeah. ones are part of better parenting oh man well i mean you know we all it's the same thing we're all learning as we go yes. but it really is this thing of like let's work towards a goal together and then let's see you kind of like blossom and, and see and you take that and, yeah. and show me how you can create this this amazing version of fitness yeah exactly yeah. well heather thank you so much for yeah. coming on the podcast and um overcoming your like ego's initial no uh i didn't know that so i really appreciate you coming on um it wasn't and, you uh, it was me <laughs> okay <laughs> that's what they always say um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I do really appreciate it. I loved this conversation. Um, it was awesome. Why don't you let people know, because I know they will desperately want to after hearing you talk, know where they can find you, what you're up to, all of that kind of stuff uh, before we sign off. Sure. Thank you so much again for having me. It's like yeah. been amazing to talk to you. Um, yes, I'm on Instagram, Heather Adams Fitness. Um, website of the same name. Um, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching and I have an app called Uplift. Um, and it's, yeah, it's been so much fun to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, thank you. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Experience Oriented Fitness Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and found it valuable, please share it with the people in your life that you think would benefit from this information. If you don't have anyone in mind, I encourage you to take a screenshot of the episode, throw it up on your favorite social media feed, and if that happens to be Instagram, tag me with the handle at CoachCalebK. Lastly, I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect. Send me a question about the episode or your favorite part of the episode via DM on Instagram at CoachCalebK. Until next time.